Hello, and welcome to Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight. I'm Jeff Freed, the CTO of BA Insight, and we have an esteemed group of panelists today, fresh from Ignite, to talk about the news around search and discovery and the perspective. And joining me are Mikhail Svensson from Puzzlepart, Agnes Molnar from Search Explained, and Mikhail Vanilius from FindWise. Welcome, guys. Hello, thank you. Thank Hello, you everyone. You've all been guests on this podcast series before, but I thought we'd start out with a uh, quick introduction um, and just talk about yourself, what your involvement and your angle on SharePoint and SharePoint Search are so that listeners can get used to your voice. Let's go alphabetically, Agnes. Yes, I really like my name from this perspective. So welcome, everyone. My name is Agnes Molnar. I live in uh, the beautiful Budapest in Hungary. I've been working with uh, SharePoint since the very beginning in 2001. And a few years after that, I started to work with Search. And yes, I've been doing that for many, many years now. I am a consultant. Actually, I do trainings and consultancy around the globe. I have in-person workshops. You can meet me at conferences and events as well. And recently, I have also started my very first online workshop as well. So you can join me virtually as well. Great. And there'll be links to these things and to Agnes in the show notes. Uh, Mikael Svensson. Yes, so my name is Mikael Svensson. I work for Puzzlepart, as Jeff said. So I'm the CTO of Puzzlepart, which doesn't necessarily mean much since it's a consultant company. So my main job is being a consultant out at customers <laughs> more or less full time. So I've been working with uh, Enterprise Search for... I guess over 15 years has been now in different forms and in SharePoint for a long while. Written a couple of books on SharePoint uh, and Search. Uh, in general, very fond of Search. Uh, search enthusiast, I guess. Uh, but these days I'm doing mostly Office 365, uh, collaboration, intranets, and adoption work. So I think we turned into an adoption consultant more or less, even though I actually do heavy development these days, which is very much fun. So... <laughs> I guess that's short about me, and I'm based in Oslo, Norway, close to the fast team, which is good. It's very good. I think life in Oslo is wonderful, and since you're an adoption consultant, I'll mention that I'm up for adoption, so if you'd like to adopt me, Mikhail. <laughs> well, I already have one adopted son, so I think that's enough. All right. And we have another Mikhail, uh, Mikhail Vendelius, from, uh, maybe you can introduce yourself. Yes, of course. Thank you, Jeff. And it's quite funny that we have two Mikhail or Mikhail here. And uh, even more fun is that uh, I'm actually coming from the adoption side, if we can call it that. Uh, since the, since version 2003 in SharePoint, I have been working with uh, adoption of SharePoint and, and Office 365 later on. Uh, I have been working with creating intranets, uh, how to use SharePoint for document handling, quality assurance systems, and things like that. But uh, the... The, the main thing, the red thread that I have always been working with is actually information. How can we use all the features and functionality in SharePoint uh, to help users find what they are looking for? So in a way, I have been working with uh, search and findability uh, without knowing it for, for, for many, many years. Uh, but uh, the last couple of years, I have been focusing completely on search and findability. And today I uh, work as business area manager on FindWise uh, for the business area uh, working with SharePoint Search or findability in SharePoint and Office 365. Uh, and I'm located in Gothenburg in Sweden. Very cool. So we have uh, three Europeans and uh, I'm in, in, in the States. So you guys will all say that's the right ratio. We're all just back off the plane from Ignite. And before we dive into the news, maybe to give people a sense that didn't attend, what your what's your overall take on the conference? I mean, it was bigger than last year. They added in dynamics. They added a separate sort of technology strategy thing called uh, Envision. Inspire. Envision was, yeah. Envision. Inspire was the partner conference. Yeah. All Microsoft yeah, right. conferences are now verbs. So, uh, you know, you have Build, Inspire, Envision, and Ignite. 
uh, and if you can think of a verb with very high positive uh, sentiment, then there'll be a conference. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's what's your overall take of the buzz and feel across this? Anybody can can uh, let's go reverse Mikkel. Mikkel number two, by the way, we we yeah. visited uh, as part of the uh, conference a uh, Universal Studios where they had uh, Dr. Seuss Thing One and Thing Two. That's what we've adopted for our two Mikhails. So Mikhail two. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> Michael the second. That's yeah. me. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of different things to say about uh, such a huge conference uh, that Ignite is. Uh, but from a really broad perspective, I would really like to emphasize the the speed of of things, the the speed of the development that's happening right now in the IT industry in general, of course. But it becomes so clear uh, on on a conference like this. Uh, the speed in which Microsoft actually presents new features, uh, the, the possibility to launch new features into the live environments almost on a weekly basis or almost every other week and so on. Uh, it's hard to keep up with all the changes and all the news and so on, but it also makes it really interesting to work in within the IT industry with, with, with the field of information and, and certifiability and so on. Uh, that's something that I uh, have been thinking a lot of uh, on the plane home uh, after the Ignite conference. I think the general buzz was, um, I think people seem generally happy about the conference because there was so much new stuff being announced. I think with so much being announced just about every week or every other week, following all the Microsoft and Office blogs, they even they still managed to drop quite a lot of new features, which I haven't I hadn't told. But I think they had like eleven blog posts the first day of Ignite or something, which is which is awesome. I'm in a, my blog roll. I think I'm like seventy posts behind on my blog roll to catch up and do a digest of it. Uh, but personally, I think. Uh, I think all the new stuff, uh, of course, from search, what people are happy about, uh, but also the investments around the uh, security and how they're taking the previous label stuff in SharePoint Online and mashing it together with uh, Azure Information Protection to, and calling it Microsoft Information Protection. I guess we maybe saw that coming, but just hearing it, I think that's uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, and then, it, I mean, there's so many small, small things, small tidbits here and here, which just made the whole conference a very positive thing. And I, I think I never walked as much as I have during these conferences. <laughs> yes, this I, I, spread out over a huge distance, and um, I, I wear a Fitbit. I hit 10,000 steps by 10:30 every morning. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I actually, so I, I had spread out my sessions, and when I figured out, well, somewhere in one hall and one the other, I just, I just nuked half of them. I'm, like, I'm not going to walk back and forth between the halls. I'll catch them later. There's no way I can walk. And it was so cold inside. I mean, I, someone cranked the air condition up to 11, and it was so hot outside. So uh, the difference in temperature was uh, almost shocking. Yes, basically, I agree with everything you have already said. The only thing I I would like to add is a kind of personal experience uh, besides the conference being huge and the venue uh, being really large uh, what I really liked is that I had the feeling that everyone was there I mean having over 25,000 people at the same conference definitely many speakers MVPs search colleagues uh, former colleagues, customers, potential clients, etc., etc. So, uh, besides attending sessions, I had so many meetings that usually I have in like two months, and I really like that because you know it's a lot of inspiration and a lot of positive energy as well. Yeah, same. This was the first year I had not spoken at Ignite, and I think the same for you. Uh, King Mikkel won, um, and it meant for a lot more meetings, uh, which was very exciting. Uh, it also had a nice focus on search. I mean, the the keynote by Satya Nadella had, had a, a highlight on search in SharePoint, on the new unveiling of uh, Bing for Business, and uh, a, a really uh, nice framing. Uh, 
which was exciting to all of us that have a love for that area. So I thought um, we'd give listeners a sense of some of the top sessions and news around search and discovery. All the sessions are recorded. They're all available. And in fact, even two days after the conference ended, they're already out there for the most part. So um, we're not going to sort of cover everything, but maybe give you a, a, a sense and some opinions around it, starting with the headlines around SharePoint search itself. Um, and uh, maybe, Mikhail, you can take people through that and we can all chime in. In a way, uh, one of the sessions, actually on the first day, becomes some sort of keynote session for, for search and, and discovery. And uh, they presented a lot of different news and so on, and they were talking about search and findability in in SharePoint in, in a really positive and, to me at least, in, in, in a quite new way, even though a lot of the, the tools and features features they were talking about are have been around for a couple of years. But the the message was uh, a little bit new uh, in that sense. Uh, and that all started with, as you said, already in the keynote, the first keynote, they were actually mentioned and talking about search and discovery uh, within the Microsoft 365 in the in all of the different applications in, in Office 365, for example. But if we should narrow it down and start looking at uh, search and discovery in SharePoint, uh, one of the perhaps biggest news uh, and also one of the most interesting, to me at least, was the presentation of the new user experience that will come by late 2017 uh, for uh, SharePoint and, and Office 365. Uh, they have developed a, a, a new user interface uh, with a lot of new tools and features included in, in it, a new way of uh, presenting the, the search results and things like that. Uh, of course, we could talk, actually we could talk uh, the whole session today about all the different features and, and all the nice stuff in this new user experience. But I have just selected three things actually that I would like to highlight. Uh, without going into detail in, in, in any of them. But to me, the, the first thing with the new user experience was the the focus on appearance, the, the look and feel that Microsoft actually had put into the to this new, new user interface. Um, nice, neat, clean looking, uh, and we know that that is one, one important part when you're talking about search. It must look look nice, and this new user interface did, at least according to me, it, it was really nice looking. The other thing I would like to highlight is people search. Uh, people search is always a, a big question within any organization. How can I find who is responsible for a specific uh, topic or subject and who is working with uh, this task, this type of information and so on. And they have done a lot of work with uh, the people search, uh, improving it, and hopefully all of this will make it much easier to, to actually find the, the right person or the, the competence that you are actually looking for. And the third and last part I would like to highlight about the, the new user interface is the way that Microsoft actually looks at previews. Uh, previews has been around uh, for a couple of years, but uh, to me at least it seems that they now had taken it one step further uh, where they want it to be much much easier to to work in the context uh, and to understand each search result already in in the search page so you have um, um, really nice looking previews with uh, much more features and functionality included in the preview so it's possible to walk through documents without leaving the search page. Uh, you have uh, uh, all different kinds of uh, features that will make it easier uh, for uh, for users to, to understand and interpret the search result. Those were the three main things uh, that, that I uh, wanted to highlight uh, from this uh, first the keynote session for search and, and, and uh, uh, findability. Uh, of course, there were many others as well. Sorry, yeah, that's cool. Uh, I, I want to play devil's advocate a little bit just to, to start an argument 
Uh, Please go ahead. That's awesome. Much as I'm excited about SharePoint search, I, I found most of these points to be quite incremental. It's There's been a long focus on good look and feel, and I think people who look at the new UI won't see it as being particularly different than the new UI that was unveiled this past spring, which is not particularly different than the new UI that was unveiled at last Ignite. I, I'm uh, perhaps jerking at your chain, but I, I wonder if uh, uh, Mikhail number one and Agnes, you have any opinion about is are there are these really significant changes or this uh, a lot of marketing around small incremental features? I, I think we're we're sort of almost back to the enterprise search center we got in 2013, where the big hype was the document previews, right? And mm. we've been living on SharePoint Home and Delve and now Office.com as well, with no previews on limited data. And now we're getting the previews, and we're getting even better previews than we had before. So, so I think that's. Uh, I guess you could say it's significant because it's been a long time coming, but we're still sort of back back where we were in 2013, right? But now it's the new UI, so we're going in circles, getting incremental better features as as we uh, as we go along. Yes, definitely. I sometimes I have the feeling that we are dancing, you know, one step back, one step forward, or hopefully two steps forward. But anyway, um, I don't want to criticize anything. Uh, about the new experiences because they are really cool. But I think, for example, with those previews, yes, previews were a really big thing when we first had them on the hover panel for office documents that were that are stored in SharePoint. And, and somehow I have the feeling that uh, it's just repackaged now and of course with additional functionalities additional five formats and everything but i just to be honest i did not have that big emotional feeling when i saw saw them being demonstrated I love come along, I, come along as you can do 3D uh, models and you can turn them around. <laughs> sure, I can, but you know, I'm a woman. Maybe oh, yeah. this is the reason. I don't know. So, yeah, I need but, more to be, you know, emotionally touched. I, I think you have a point here. I mean, it's, it is an incremental development, uh, definitely. Uh, some of the things we have seen are, have been around before. Some of them are back, perhaps some of them are, are new and so on. Uh, one of the things that I, I missed uh, with the user, user experience is the possibility to actually customize it. Yep. Uh, uh, the new user interface is one out-of-the-box uh, uh, experience. It's not possible to, to add things or customize it in almost any way. And that's a, I don't know what you should call it, a drawback or something like that. That's something that's often needed to, to create a good search experience. Yeah, and obviously, yep. as, as, as a, somebody that builds products that extend what SharePoint has, I'm, that's particularly important to me, is that there's no way, currently any way, to extend, improve, or customize the out-of-the-box experience. I haven't tested it, but does best bets work with uh, the new search UI? So if you, does it show if you create a results block or something? Um, I have not tested it across the board either. I mm -hmm. did see it showing up a single highlighted result showing right. up in the SharePoint home. But all of these are more intelligent, of course, because they're powered by the Microsoft graph. Um, and there was a ton of talk about the Microsoft Graph, I, I, at least a dozen sessions. And I, I guess I would ask uh, Mikhail Svensson, King, King Mikhail One, um, to maybe give people a sense of the graph and how it relates to, to uh, uh, search in SharePoint and Office 365. Sure. So I think we need to sort of, when you talk about the graph, it's basically two different things. Uh, so we used to have both the Office graph and the Microsoft graph, and now it's all Microsoft graph. So because you have all the signals coming in, which is used in search, sort of the, sort of the mathematical graph, 
which is uh, what's used in search. And then you have all the APIs, which are also part of Microsoft. That means if you want to fetch resources from uh, that be SharePoint, Exchange, Planner, all these different services, you would call an API endpoint in the graph. So it's so it's a proxy with API endpoints, but it's all for also information and Active Directory entries, etc. So so it's, so it's two things, it's data and APIs. Uh, and search-wise, so the fun part, I guess, is so while all the data with the signals and the way you rank results on now SharePoint Home, Delve, and Office.com are ranked you, uh, based on results coming from the graph, there are no API endpoints where you can actually search on the data yourself. So we used to have the GQL uh, uh, graph query language in the SharePoint search API, but there's currently no search API in the Microsoft's graph. And since I shut down the other OS, I miss all the new stuff that I've created. Uh, there's no way a developer can create the same experiences. So Mikael the second was talking about extensibility. So typically in SharePoint, if we can't extend a page, we take whatever's on the page and we create our own version of it, and then we add whatever we want to extend. That is not currently uh, available. Uh, and when I talked to someone who worked with the search APIs, he said, well, that was complicated. So uh, I also, also talked to the graph people, the ones who are on the graph, and they really, 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 really want a search API, which can search either across all the different resources or or per different uh, data type in the graph. Uh, but there's nothing there yet. Uh, so I, I think the only, I guess, exchange you can you can search for emails. You can, uh, OneNote actually has a search API where you can search within uh, notebooks, but it, but there's no global search. Um, but 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 beside that, uh, I guess I attended a session where they talked about how the the graph data actually powers results. So, how is how are documents uh, ranked uh, uh, when SharePoint Home lists suggested sites? How does that uh, come together? And that was a really interesting session, actually, where they sort of went through what's sort of going on behind the scenes. And it's basically the same thing as we've heard before, where they take all the email conversations, so that means people you work with and all the people you collaborate on documents uh, with, those are people you work with, and they use those signals to figure out what's sort of popular in your in your close circuit of uh, coworkers. So the fun part, I'm working on a, on a project right now where everything is Office 365 except Exchange, right? So we don't have we don't have the email signal. So they're so they're this is, a, this is a government institution and they have a project where they're planning to migrate the mailboxes. But that means you will lose a bunch of signals who you actually work with since those signals are not there, and they will not help you rank the results. Uh, and then <clears throat> they also done this good part, I think, at top at the top of the SharePoint home where they list news articles, which are the new modern news articles. And in the same project, well, we can't really go with the new new articles since we need we need approval, we need a published date, which are features which will come either late at the end of 2017 or next year. That means we have to go with old school publishing to do our intranet, uh, but those news articles are not considered news on SharePoint Home, so they will not be listed there. So, so you have all these old experiences, new experiences, all kinds of data, new kinds of data, missing APIs. Uh, so I, I think with everything, the graph and everything, I think it might be confusing for users. Uh, they might not know where they should go, uh, but I guess search will be ubiquitous uh, wherever you are. So hopefully we'll just find whatever you have if you have enough signals. So, I don't yeah. know if that summed up the graph stuff or not, but <laughs> with a big question. <laughs> I, think, I think it does. I, I, also, I love that session as well. Uh, uh, the, uh, how graphic powers intelligent experiences and we'll have a, a link to that in the show notes as, uh, with a highlights of sessions. Um, but similarly, it felt like a bit of a mess. Like yeah. there's search API at, and all of the elements around extensibility have been beta for a long time and then discontinued as the rest of the graph makes becomes more solidified. So I, yeah. I'm, I'm really, they did unveil um, new endpoints for suggested sites and sites I used, and I did notice search in the OneDrive file API. Yes, so you can you can get those, but there but there's no way to like pass in a simple 
query word to filter whatever is coming back, right? And that's what they're doing in their experiences. So that means I can create dumb experiences powered by the graph while they can create really intelligent experiences powered by the graph. Right, and that intelligence is assumes that everything is there. So if you you don't have exchange is a is a key um, source of signals. If you don't have it, it's a it's a quite an issue. Um, and this is actually a really important uh, question that we are talking about because I mean we are always talking about search and findability, and a search API or, or the things we, we are talking about here, they are fundamental for the findability within the whole suite within Microsoft 365, or if you should narrow it down to Office 365. So what, what I really missed here was the was a clear roadmap, actually, uh, saying something about, okay, a search API. Uh, how are the thoughts about adding that? When can it be added? Should it, Will it be added? And so on. So the... That, that that's a, I don't if you could call it a disappointment or something like that. Something I'm missing is a is a clear roadmap for the for the graph uh, for the future. Yes, we're beginning to call it the jo joke is we're calling it the mythical push API. In the meantime, for example, all of our connectors at BA Insight use the cloud SSA as the only way to get things into the graph, and we've learned tricks and techniques for adding metadata and sort of adding some form of signals but it's uh it, it is quite frustrating but, but i guess the uh, but i guess the hybrid or the the hybrid crawl api is actually using a push kind of way behind the scenes i mean it's all there in the if you read the documentation but there, there's no documentation how to use it but you can actually you can see the different functions so the so they're they're in the in the public apis but you don't you have no idea how we can use them yourself right exactly no, that's right yeah that's an area that was clearly progress. A lot of news about the graph, but sort of frustrating to those of us that are that, that want to get into the hood. Um, but there was also some other great news around search. Um, but, I mean, Agnes, what what are we leaving out here? Yeah, it's basically uh, I'm just smiling here because you are you have been using the words frustrating, disappointed, it's a mess. So all the negative words. I mean, not all the negative words, but many many negative words. So I just wanted to jump in and tell you, please, guys, be a little bit more positive about those changes and about those announcements. I know there are a lot of things missing, and you know my opinion about that. But let, let me just highlight two more things. Uh, one thing is multi-geo search. Uh, it was announced at Ignite as well. And I think this is a very cool uh, addition, a very cool feature. So, you know, there are a lot of organizations, uh, multinational, global organizations, who have to store the employee data in specific regions across the world to meet the data storage requirements. Uh, you know, GDPR is coming and it's a big thing and it's getting a bigger and bigger issue for many, many large organizations. So what they have announced uh, at Ignite is a multi-geo capabilities, including multi-geo search, which is a new feature. And actually it enables an Office 365 tenant to search across multiple Office 365 data center geographies and, you know, give the users the ability to store their data in separate data center, but still uh, use them and see them from a unified experience. I think this is a big, big thing from the findability perspective. Another one, which is more like a user experience thing, is the OCR and searching in photos. The demo itself was very cool, uh, even if you are an end user or a search professional as we are. So uh, what they have demonstrated was, uh, if you take a photo of your bills, for example, upload it to Office 365, uh, you can search inside 
the photo uh, inside the words. For example, it was a bill uh, from a restaurant and you are able to search for the food that you have eaten in this restaurant, for example, sushi. So I think it's a really cool, again, from the perspective of uh, findability. So now we have this OCR function for pictures and images and more and more uh, file formats. So full text search is, is getting better and better. Yeah, and, and now that I know that you're running a sentiment analysis algorithm on this podcast, I can, I'll, I'll try to be a little bit more glass half full. I, th I think there definitely are lots of signs of Microsoft listening, both in terms of things that are in user voice that get that actually come out the other side. And GeoSearch is a great example. And cool ideas often that are uh, inherited or, you know, the buzzword is synergy across the suite. So the, the f ability to search on photos was already there, but the OCR edition was driven by OneDrive and voila, you can search. Exactly. And, uh, and to, to, not to sound too negative, there, but, but I mean, there are a lot of really good stuff. Uh, we were talking about the new user experience uh, earlier here. And to me, as I said in the beginning, that is actually a big improvement uh, from, I mean, it's an incremental, incremental process, of course, but when they launch that, I, I hope at least that users will have it easier to understand what they are actually searching for and, and how to search and so on, because it's more a more unified user interface in that way. So there are many, many good and positive things to, to talk about, definitely. Yeah, I, th I think the information department and the communication department will love the image search where you can, whatever your objects, I mean, if you search for cat, you will find images of cats, even though they're not named cat, just because it recognizes whatever's in the image together with the OCR. So I think that's a very good bonus. Uh, Jeff, I mean, I'm not all that negative. Uh, and about all this, even though we're missing stuff. I mean, I, I don't lose any sleep of all the new stuff. I'm, I, I'm just, I mean, I'm on board the train. I just keep on following. Whatever that is not working, well, that's fine. If enough people ask about it, they will eventually get there, right? Yeah, well, I, I think it's part of our duty to our listeners to offset the hype a little bit. Yeah. Because there are holes and there are things that are, uh, that are issues, but we're all here because we, we're excited about it. Um, and I'll I'll cover some other news that I'm particularly excited about because I've been sort of working on it from the inside, which is the unveiling of uh, Bing for Business and search in Windows. So the connection, if you will, between my stuff on my desktop, our stuff on our tenant, and the world stuff in Bing has always been tantalizing. Part of the, what was announced uh, there was a Microsoft 365 bundling, which included Office 365, Dynamics 365, and Windows. And now from the taskbar, you can search both in Windows and against uh, the graph in your tenant. Um, and the there was a, a whole session on Bing for the Business, which is a Bing page you go to that brings in search from the graph. So that, for example, if you search for me, you'll see your profile information from your tenant as well as external information. Or if you're looking for a research subject, you'll see things that are published papers as well as internal information. And that's that's very powerful. Um, and uh, I was you know proud of it because we've worked to make sure that our connectors pass through information into Bing for Business and got a nice shout out for that. That's something that's that I personally found pretty exciting. I don't know if uh, you guys have opinions about whether it's significant or not, or you're you're welcome to uh, let's not talk about negativity. Just round out the points of view about this. I think getting the search into the Windows desktop is awesome. Uh, I think that's much more important than actually getting this results on Bing, mainly because at least in Norway, people don't use Bing much. And I think it's hard to get people to start using Bing just because you can get unified results from the internet. I think people are fine going to Google and search for 
public information and then use whatever search box either on the desktop or in Office 365 to get that kind of information. So you don't think people will really set their homepages to Bing or use Bing as their intranet? Only if some guy on IT pushes down the group policy in whatever <laughs> browser you use. And then we're talking about adaptation. Um, and to me, that's uh, also one of uh, general reflection, actually, from, from the Unite conference. They are presenting, Microsoft, I mean, are presenting so much nice features, uh, being for business and, and, and uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, but the key here is actually user adaptation. And, and that's exactly what you're talking about, Mikhail, here. Uh, sure, being for business sounds really, really good. Uh, but the trick is to get, to get users, force or force users to actually use it and uh, adopt a new behavior. And, and to me, who, who come from the, who has been working with collaboration for, for many, many years, that's a, a really important issue that you should not forget about. Yeah, I think so, that... Uh, yeah. Go ahead. So did anyone did anyone attend the session and do you know if Microsoft gave some numbers on their use of it? Because they've been using Bing for Business for over a year internally, I know. So it'll be interesting to see some metrics, how they are using it. Yeah, metrics are not published yet, but yes, they've been, been using them and I've, I've seen some of those. Yes, and I think from the user adoption perspective, uh, I agree that Bing is not used as wide as it should be or as it should be to to have a successful launch of Bing for Business. Maybe this uh, Bing for Business thing uh, might be a driver to you to users to use more Bing. I'm not sure about it, but what I'm really sure about is that uh, searching windows will be a big thing. I mean, I can see many users just, you know, hitting the window uh, button on the computer and start searching for documents, settings, folders, applications, whatever from the very same thing. So it is already used. And, you know, if the new content coming from the graph will be added here, I think it's going to be a huge thing because this is what we do anyway. So it just extends that. Yeah, and I, I'll point out that the when you use your Windows bar, you already are tied to Bing. Bing got a big lift in usage from tie, ties into Cortana and Windows. Uh, yes, but you don't know about it. I mean, as an you, end, you know, know I know, we, we, four of us, we know that, but the end users don't know, and they don't even have to know about it. They just use it, and it works. Yeah, it's true. So I, I in the interest of time, I want to just touch on a couple other things. You know, one of the the flavors of Ignite for me um, is that it felt like Microsoft was listening more. Two years ago, uh, there was a bit of a sense that Microsoft was exhorting everybody to get to the cloud and was not where their customers were. Um, and talk, they were talking about things way ahead of where, where people were sort of ready to absorb. And there's still some of that. Um, there's a keynote on quantum computing. Um, which is way out ahead, for example. But <laughs> but, um, but really interesting, though. <laughs> yes, really interesting. Um, it's still the case that many people I met are more interested in how to make what they currently have work well than they are the latest happening. And there was some great content at Ignite there, too. I, I want to, in particular, shout out, Agnes, you had a session on optimizing your content for search and discovery, which was the last slot of the conference. They saved the best for last. Um, and <laughs> maybe you can uh, just uh, give a, a sentence or two about uh, what should be exciting about that to users. Yes, of course. Uh, yes, I. you know, I had very mixed feelings about this session after all the announcements and communication on starting on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, just because... You know, the communication was you just upload your content and everything is taken care of. You don't have to do anything and modern search and the graph will do everything for you and you will be able to find everything. So, I yes, I, I really had a, a bad day about it and also a bad feeling. So, there was a moment during the week when I had the feeling that maybe I should 
cancel my session or even, uh, you know, uh, stand on the podium and say you don't have to do anything and your content is already optimized as soon as you upload it to uh, SharePoint. So my session, instead of having a 75 minute session, it should be less than 75 seconds. Yes, but uh, I've never known you to lie blatantly, at least. So <laughs> why would you tell people that their content magically was all set? Yeah, you know, it's you had the impression as, a, as an attendee, and, and I talked to many, many people. And, you know, the, the communication and also the impression of, of people was like, wow, it's some magic that's happening behind the scenes. And Microsoft Graph uh, knows everything about you. It knows everything and it optimizes all the content for you. And with the modern search, uh, you will be able to find everything without optimizing and without organizing your content, without having metadata and, and those kind of things. So anyway, I, I really had a few very hard hours about that. Uh, but in the end, I figured out uh, what's, be, uh, what's behind everything. I mean, uh, what was the reason of my bad feelings and how to, and, and as soon as I uh, started to realize uh, myself and my reactions and everything. So I, I, I really had to figure out something. Uh, so I reorganized my session itself, you know, optimized my session about how to optimize the content, uh, just to, you know, align it with all the announcements and communications and, and all those kind of things. So in the end, I presented the pyramid of search, so to speak, um, and the, or the pyramid of content, so to speak. And, you know, I, I tied uh, the structured data to enterprise search as we know today and the unstructured data to, to the modern search because for unstructured data, for content that is not organized that doesn't have good metadata on it. Modern search really does much better job than, you know, the everything page in the search center, in the classic search center. But at the same time, the more structure we can add to the content, the more organized the content is, uh, the better search-driven applications and specialized search centers we can have. So during my session, I, I demonstrated this in a bit more details and also presented some best practices or ideas how to, uh, how to structure the content, how to organize the content, so how to move the content towards the top of the pyramid and therefore how the content can be optimized more for specific search applications and search-driven uh, applications uh, in Office 365. So it's yeah, it, it was an interesting week emotionally uh, as well as professionally. Uh, but I think my session went well, and I think that in the end I I was able to find the right way how to communicate all this optimizing the content message and still being, you know, aligned to Microsoft's communication as well. So I just really needed a few hours or a few days to digest everything before my session. So from this perspective, I was very happy that I had a session on Friday because I had time to optimize my content. And you did an awesome job, Agnes, because, uh, I mean, th that session, to me at least, that was the session that made it all come together, in a way. Uh, finding the balance between the, the new modern search and, if we should call it, the old classic search with, with more structured content and so on. And to me, this is really, really interesting. One, one of the key takeaways, uh, key takeaways actually, from, from Ignite, uh, Microsoft is now working a lot with the new modern search experience based on, on the graph 
where they are talking a lot about personal personalized relationship based search result and insights and so on and still we all work with organizations that have a lot of uh, structured data in many different systems uh, that we need to handle in, in in some way from a search and findability perspective so at least for the, the coming years uh, i don't know how many but at least three to five years time i think we will live in, we we need to balance and and find the the road ahead combining both the modern search and, and the, the classic search uh, thinking. And that is really interesting. That That's something that really triggered me. And, and based on your session, Agnes, it become much, much more clearer, at least to me, in how we could actually find this balance. I smell a danger here. Like I've, I've seen this movie before that people want findability search and discovery to just work and to be magic uh and what's the adage any sufficiently complicated technology is indistinguishable from magic um this is complicated stuff and the message that it's all ai powered and intelligent comes across as the message that you don't need to do any work and that all the practices are irrelevant and i know that FindWise has been tracking and preaching practices and finding good practices for years. In my opinion, those don't really change. You need to have the basics right. And you need, there is no free lunch, even with AI and even with a beautiful experience. If you have garbage in, you have garbage out. If the profiles suck and are wrong or empty, they won't magically get offset if the content has zero structure even with the graph the search relevance will suck so um, I, I think that's a, a, a danger in the messaging of intelligent AI powered search being wonderful beautiful and Shangri-La that, that's a really good point, Jeff. Uh, I was actually looking at, at last year's findability survey, enterprise search and findability that Findways do. Uh, we have done it for five years now. Uh, and I was looking at the one of the questions in this survey. And the question was, was, what are the main obstacles today for improving search and findability in your organization? And you, you might think that uh, you know new features or new possibilities in, in the user interface or uh, ways to integrate different systems into the search and so on. You would think that that would be one of the main obstacles, but it's not. The three top uh, priorities, the main obstacles from this survey was lack of management attention to information needs, lack of search resources or staff, and thirdly, lack of uh, data or information ownership, saying that somebody should own the, the data. So what we see here is almost like a gap. Uh, we can have all the, the, the coolest features and, and the best functionality with the graph or, or, or whatever kind of features, but we still need to do the work uh, in order to get a, a good search and findability experience. Uh, working with your data, organizing uh, organizing the data having a good organization and uh, management working with uh, the questions that's a key point absolutely so um i, I i'm going to shepherd us towards a, a close here to stay within our uh, our time frame maybe uh i love this panel and we could talk uh, maybe we'll get back together to talk about where this is all going and what recommendations would be for listeners for success but uh let's just leave with one favorite piece of news from ignite beyond uh the the subject of uh search and findability um and i'll i'll i'll, I'll go alphabetically again agnes what's what's a favorite thing you saw that that wasn't about search well i really like the the keynote with that quantum computing thing i mean it's not an announcement and it's not a you know it's not a new feature in office 365 at least not yet 
but I, I really like that. And I really think that the, the, the whole thing is going to, you know, those inspiring and innovative things. And I think this is the most important thing. I mean, we have to find new ways to work. We have to find new ways to be more productive. Uh, and that's the direction. Mikael Svensson. I'll go a little bit more down to earth, I guess. Uh, I, I think. I think. The Thank older, you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think uh, the constant life cycle story has gotten much better with all the different policies you can set at different levels, and then with retention policies, which might, if people start investing and looking into it, will uh, let them actually remove crap content when it expires. So you. You don't don't keep all the stuff around. I mean, throw away stuff you don't need. So I think everything around there is it's super awesome, very interesting stuff. But someone has to tell people about it. If not, the customers will not discover it at all. Absolutely, Mikael Vendelius. Yeah, since I've been working with collaborations for for so many years, I would actually say all the uh, improvements and features concerning teams. And especially I'm thinking about the possibility to actually uh, share content in teams outside of your organization. This has been around in different versions for uh, for many years uh, within the Microsoft suite, but I think that the, the teams and all the new possibilities with, with teams uh, looks really promising actually yeah it does seem like teams is taking over the universe it's uh, taking over skype yeah. it's got uh, a lot of airtime for development models and sharing it's pretty cool uh that's all the time we have thank you all very much for joining this fabulous panel um and for listeners please look in the show notes i as we mentioned all of the ignite sessions are now online and we'll give you some guidance for studying up and uh, and keeping current. Uh, so for now, on behalf of all of the panelists, Agnes, Mikhail, Mikhail, and myself, Jeff Freed, uh, this has been Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight. Bye.